Hi, this is Parker Bone III, and you are listening to the Above180.com podcast with Joey Serrar and Tim Berg. You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us today on the Above180.com podcast is Mike Shady. Mike is a member of the Ebonite Pro Advisory Staff and a USBC Silver Certified Coach. Thought it'd be great to sit down and chat with Mike just about his thoughts uh, on some coaching. We're going to bounce over the place here. Talk to Mike about some coaching. Talk to him with the USBC Open coming up starting March 1st. Great to get some of Mike's perspective. As as we all know, he's part of the Turbo 2-in-1 Grips team. So I want to chat with Mike just a little bit about everything. And uh, Mike... Thank you for joining us today. Well, it's a pleasure being with you two, and uh, looking forward to it. Well, Mike, you um, you run what's called peak performance bowling camps. I've noticed you've been doing these, uh, done a couple of these in Wisconsin, done one in West Virginia. So why don't you tell tell our listeners what you really focus on when you're coaching? Because you've been coaching for over 20 years now. So what is uh, what are a couple things uh, that you work on with your uh, camp members when you go out and do some coaching? Well, I've got a... I've got a system that I developed over the years, and I've been really fortunate uh, really since my days at uh, University of Nebraska through Coach Straub and all the all the different coaches I've worked with really since I've been in this game seriously back in the 80s and studied it and, and uh, analyzed it, and I developed uh, really seven key anchors that we teach in my peak performance bowling, whether it's a clinic or a camp. And it mainly deals with the seven peak performance anchors, and, and I can sure go through those. Uh, the first anchor I really deal with is the setup position, and then anchor number two, we talk about the timing. Uh, you know, there, there's, uh, you know, there's leverage timer, there's roller timers, and, and another anchor we really focus on is the footwork and, and uh, really take a look at uh, there's, there's, a, there's a way uh, that you need to clear space uh, on the right side if you're right-handed, uh, not only to get uh, very little movement in your swing, so your swing repeats, but also to get that uh, that hand at the bottom so it's in a strong leverage position. Uh, the fourth anchor that I deal with is the swing path with the push-away. And as you all know, if your swing changes direction through your footwork or through your approach, it's really uh, very, very difficult to repeat. Uh, the fifth anchor that we stress in in my camps after after the swing start would be the balance arm and that's one of the the areas that has really kind of evolved in the last 10 or 15 years where the balance arm years ago and if if you've ever studied bill taylor many years ago he always had everybody uh 
point to the wall, and that would square your shoulders up because most of the the uh, the movements through the front or the the angles through the front part of the lane were always either parallel or right up the lane, and and that that is actually a uh, a very athletic move when you start pointing to the wall. It's very unnatural. And today, everything is angles through the front. You got to get some launch angle, and it's leverage at the bottom. It's ball speed, it's rotation. So we we've uh, really evolved that part of the game into almost uh, any type of throwing sport, whether you're throwing a javelin, whether you're throwing a baseball, underhand softball, a football, is you take your non-bowling arm, a right-handed be your left left arm, and you actually get it in front of you, so you take your upper, upper torso and you rotate it, you open it up, and that creates almost like a loaded spring effect at the top. And then uh, as that upper torso is starting to close at the bottom toward your release, that creates added leverage, and it creates the added speed needed. No different than throwing a football. And then the uh, sixth anchor I teach is the release. And there's three three really important ingredients that I teach. One is where is the hand relative to the clock? You need the hand minimum on, in the center of the bowling ball. Two, where are the fingers relative to the equator? You know, you got to to get any type of leverage. You got to have it at least on the equator. And then three, how how fast are those fingers coming around around the bowling ball? The 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 arc line as I call it, um, and then the last anchor that we teach is the finished position that deals with balance and and uh, trail leg position and and uh, follow the the arm as it, it's getting through uh, the release up to the follow through. And those are the seven anchors we really stress. Other portions of the, those camps are bringing a sports psychologist who I I actually bow with out here at the, in Erie, Pennsylvania. His name is uh, Dr. Jason Willow, and he's uh, He's the head of the sports and exercise department at Gannon University, and he's also a sports psychologist. And he uh, he deals with half the day deals with mental conditioning. He, he talks about pre-shot routines, talks about visualization, mental recall, mental rehearsal, and then we uh, we talk about game planning and and uh, how to build an arsenal. And that that's pretty intense. And that those camps are one day and they're about ten hours. Uh, Mike, I, I want to touch base with you on. Uh... Anchor number five, you know, the opening and closing, uh, which the modern-day player definitely does more so than, say, my generation of player. How easy would it be for someone, say, age 45 or 50, to, you know, transform their game from keeping their shoulders reasonably parallel to the line to incorporating an opening and closing through the release? Uh, Again, and this is after 20, 30 years of doing it one way. Is it possible to change? It's a great question, Joe. It, it, I, I, a lot of my uh, individual lessons I do, and I do a lot of Ebonite Bowlers Map clinics around the country, and and I, I get a lot of bowlers. Uh, you know, I'm pushing 50, and and we're all up at that age now. And and as you said, it's we were taught to keep everything square to your target, and uh, it's one of the easier anchors to fix to change. And I and I tell all my bowlers that now the first two or three shots is going to feel as if. You know, I'm, I'm telling you to spin on your head a little bit. It's very, it's a very awkward feeling. But as I, I demonstrate before we actually get him into some skill drills, and I, I, I literally will take a football and I'll just have him play catch with me, and as soon as they get that non-throwing arm in front of the throw a football, I have them stop so they can, they can see the, I, I, I guess, the biomechanical reason behind it. And, and literally all the, all the people I've changed over 50 years old, 
it's it's the quickest anchor to fix. It takes usually about 10 to 12 frames, and most of my bowlers will tell me that that's starting to feel very, very comfortable because it's a natural movement. It, it, if you would take your non-bowling hand or arm and tie it behind your back and play catch with somebody, you would find out quickly there is a certain range you can't you can only throw the ball at distance. And once I would untie your hand and let you naturally take that non-bowling arm and put it in a position to create some leverage, you can now throw it longer distances and actually put more emphasis or power into the throw. Right. So do you promote having bowlers, say, thrust their right shoulder forward through the release zone or pull the left shoulder back, or, or is it none of that but, but an, another system? Well, it's it's really none of that. It's it's um, it's natural. It's a natural movement. When that left, when you, I'm going to use left because I'm going to talk right-handed bowler here. When that left arm is in front of you at the, I call it at the apex. That's at the top of your backswing, and as that backswing starts to transition downward, that left hand. I tell them, I tell all my bowlers, don't worry about your left arm. Don't try to make it move back. Let the energy that you've created at the top, let it take, take it where it wants to go, and it'll naturally take it behind you. That's what closes the torso, the upper body. The body is open, and as that bowling ball, as you've created the energy at the top of the apex, as that is starting to come down, that'll naturally take that upper body and close it. Now, if you see a left side, the left arm, if it's starting to close real quick, you know you've either got a timing issue at the top or you've got some acceleration on the downswing, which is usually a timing issue. So then you've got you, to look at the timing and address it and try to figure out why it's so late and why you're pulling down it. But uh, um, it, it's a natural movement, and, and a lot of one-step drills will not only teach the bowler how the, the, the torso closes and how the left arm transitions backward, um, but it, it, it basically creates the memory needed so you can repeat it. Well, Mike, and you just hit on timing, so let, let's go right there with, with that as one of the next things we'd like to hit on with you. What is something that a bowler can do if they are late to the, to the foul line? Uh, you mentioned uh, just a couple things there that, that we can use with, uh, with our shoulders. What's a couple things if, if we're, our timing's a tad late and we're getting to the line with the ball late in our hands that we can work on? Well, the, 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 the real definition of timing, uh, Tim, is the, is the apex at the top. And I've studied just about every Hall of Fame bowler, and they all are in the same parameter. When the ball gets to the top, as you start to get into your pivot step, that ball has to start transitioning as the pivot step starts to go forward. That's the true definition of timing. Most of the late timers, or I should say most, all of them I've ever seen is, when we start talking about a late timer, we've got a, a pivot step that starts to transition forward into the slide step, and the, pit or the, the, apex is, the, the swing is actually still going up to the apex. So you don't get that, that nice movement where the pivot step, the slide step, and the, the back swing starting to work together. They're starting to come down, and they're starting to go forward. And all of that is usually caused in the swing start. The, the, the pushway is either too long, it's delayed, or you may have a, a, there might be a footwork issue where you've got a first or second step that is too short, which is getting the swing late in the front and causing the, the difference at the apex. 
So 90-some percent of my bowlers, it's always in the push or the first two steps. So you got to get yeah. it, either you got to get it going early or you got to work on the distance of the footwork, the first two steps. Uh, Mike, one of the more common questions I receive at, at my pro shop is, you know, customers come in, and this is almost regardless of age, but they go, can you drill me a ball that will help me stay behind the ball better? I mean, you know, it's so easy to come around the side of the ball early because, you know, you, your brain and body want to want to hook the ball, so your your condition to start turning early. How does one stay either patient enough or develop the right technique to keep that hand behind the ball longer and obviously in, in the correct position. Well, that that's a you know being in a pro shop uh, years ago, Joe. I I understand how the, and that's the bowler's uh, ultimate goal is to get that hand in a strong position and and uh, so we can increase the the RPMs of the rev rate so we have a stronger stronger ball at at, at the break point and so we strike more, but. The the only way to really do it, first of all, you got to have proper timing. If if that timing's late at the top, even early at the at, at the top, you're going to lose leverage. Most bowlers that can't get their their hand in proper position at the flat zone, at the release zone, at the bottom, uh, they they are pulling on it, and that's especially your younger players today. They get it to the apex, and they really use a lot of effort from the top to the bottom. And any time you use effort, most of them, the hand because the the mass of the body, the balance of our bodies in our midsection, when you start pulling on the top of the swing down, the hand is always going to close prior to the flat zone, prior to the release. So now we've, we've basically, we haven't obeyed the, the three main variables that I teach in my anchor, which is the hand needs to be the fingers at least five or six o'clock at the bottom. The fingers have to be on the equator or below. The two-handers are well underneath the equator. Uh, and two, how how fast are those fingers coming around that arc line because you put it in the center of the bowling ball. If the hand is closed at the bottom, you've now eliminated the arc line. And a great visual to show your bowler is you take a football, and instead of staying underneath the football, you put your hand on the side. Now you ask the, the bowler, how fast can you make this thing spiral with your hand on the side? Well, it's almost impossible because you've eliminated the majority of the arc line at the bottom. So, again, you've got to go back to... A good drill to start off with would be uh, a fall line drill. You get them in a semi-finished uh, position at the fall line. You get them to swing the ball. And you, you get on one knee, and you put their hand in proper position at the bottom so they can feel it. They need to feel it and see it. If you can't do those two, it's really difficult to fix. And then you graduate them into a one-step. And if I get a real strong young bowler, I'll actually teach the finish to the start. I'll go fall line, one step, two step, three step, four step, right back into their five step. So they can they can basically graduate from from a really basic drill all the way up to their, their start. Um, and the other issue, too, to get them in proper position is they've got to have the proper footwork. If you don't tightrope the pivot step, that's the power step. In a four step, that's your third step. Five step, that's your fourth step. If you don't tightrope and create the space on the right side for that swing, when it's at the apex, so you can have a negative downswing, that means the spot to the top needs to go inward to the release point. It's really difficult to get your hand in those three areas that I talked about, especially in the center of the bowling ball. So, again, it's timing so you don't pull down on it, and then it's proper footwork. And then you've got to, once you teach them proper timing and proper footwork, 
Now you got to go back and teach them what that hand, where the hand should be at the bottom of the swing. You know, Mike, as a follow to that question, and again, an excellent answer in my opinion, uh, is it possible some bowlers are not physically built to be able to position their hand or elbow in tight to the body to stay in that power position? That, that is possible. Obviously, physically, uh, we're all made a little bit different. Um, you know, if you, you, you get some of your bigger bowlers, uh, you know, they got they got they got more area on the side. Uh, your, your swing's going to have a diff, more difficult time to drop to the inside. Um, it, it, you know, when you get a bowler like that, you really you try to work on can I can I get that hand maybe one click more underneath the underneath the clock if they're at three can i get it to four if they're at four can i get it to five and you 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 try to work within their their god-given ability and and then work on the speed of those fingers there is some arc line left work on it and then see if you can get them underneath the equator a little bit more if they're if they're not on the equator they're above the equator the equator is when your wrist and your hand is firm to your forearm it's not cupped it's not uncupped it's firm that's the equator and you can work on that. Now, I, I've used some tools. You know, uh, Ebonite's got the Robbie Revs. I don't endorse the Robbie Revs as an everyday tool, um, but I use them when I, I teach. So, again, they can feel because the bowler's map will give them the visual. Now I can put the, the device on it. Now they can feel what firm means, and then I actually click it one click forward so they can feel what it's like to be cupped. And then some bowlers, as you said, some bowlers are unable to get your hand in that position, well, then, uh, you know, put a Robbie Revs on them and see if it, it's trying to uh, achieve what we're trying to get to as a goal. If it does, let them use the Robbie Revs. Again, joining us, Mike Shady. Mike is a uh, USBC certified silver coach. Mike, uh, just a question for you. You guys do these, and like you said, you need the bowler to feel the, the changes because they've probably, muscle memory has been doing something incorrect in their game. So what's a takeaway for for a person who comes to one of your clinics or does an individual lesson with you and they have the lesson with you and then they go out and they want to practice what they what they were uh, taught on on their own uh, is it just a matter of knowing that right feel and how the feel is because nowadays the way the lanes you, know, you can't go by scores necessarily uh, you, you know is it really just you focus on the feel and it feels right and you you really can't can't care or can't concern yourself with the number of pins you knock down or if you knock down any pins well, you got a great question there. The, the the big concern I have is for the younger player. The younger players, I have a son who's nine, and and uh, I preach all the time to to just practice, practice without a score, or practice without pins, and that's almost impossible for a young bowler because their their ultimate goal is to knock as many downs as you can. I I really uh, I really preach. Uh, you've got to when when I come in and do a lesson or a camp, everybody leaves with a DVD. That, that's their visual. On the DVD, it, 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 one of my lessons is we do pre-shots, we come back, we analyze together, we talk about their goals, and then we, uh, we go out and we try to build better technique in one of those seven areas I talked to you early on. And, and then we, uh, we go back, we do some post-shots, and then uh, throughout all of that, I give them, I've, I've probably got 40 different skill drills that deal with all of those areas I've talked to you early about. They leave with a DVD that has the pre-shot, all the skill drills, all their post shots, and then I compare them to the elite players that do it for a living today. I've got all the great players on video with all the different angles, and I will point out, now this is a peak performance player. This is a guy who does it for a living. He's got, 
He's got all the seven anchors. This is the anchor we're going to try to get you to so you can achieve the goal that you want to achieve. And then it's just a matter of you've got to skill drill the drill I taught you to achieve the anchor. It's no secret, and Dr. Willow tells all my students in my camps, it's 18 to 21 days. It's three weeks of continuous repetition with proper technique and a skill drill to develop muscle memory. It's, it's that way in any sport, whether you're a baseball player hitting off the tee, trying to swing your, change your swing path. It's the same thing in bowling. It's, you've got to skill drill it. Now, i got some bowlers that do that, and the results are just incredible. And i got some bowlers who, when they leave there, and, and uh, Joe, I'm sure you're aware of this, that they feel that the lesson... I can put my hand in their head and anoint them, and they're fixed. And unfortunately, we can't do that. All right, well, very good information, Mike. We're going to have to leave it at that. Again, if you're interested, go to peakperformancebowling.com. It's ppbowling.com. If you're interested in holding a a camp or or taking an individual lesson with Mike, I know we have a lot of folks who listen to the uh, show that are proprietors, so they can they can check you out there. They can contact you through there. Have a camp coming up, uh, or if you're an individual looking for just an individual lesson, go ppbowling.com and check out Mike Shady and contact him there. And uh, Mike, you know what we're going to have to do here? Uh, we didn't even have a chance to get into anything, but we're going to have you on again right before the USBC Open. Uh, we'd love to get your thoughts on on some lane play and some of the thoughts of some of the new and exciting things happening for the USBC Open. So, uh, will you join us again coming up here shortly just to chat about the the goings on of the USBC Open? And we need to pick pick the brain of someone who has uh, has some eagles under their uh, belt. Yeah, that would be a pleasure and an honor, and I'd be more than happy to talk to you about uh, the upcoming tournament in Reno. For Tim Berg, Joe Serrar, Mike Shady, good luck and good bowling.